The countdown is on to get your early bird ticket for our upcoming retail media conference, Remade. Our early bird discount expires in three weeks. So head to remade.net.au to secure your ticket now. Start the week with Unmade. Setting the agenda for the week in media and marketing. Today, a miserable outlook for the marketing industry. Australian media's biggest horror decisions. And is Netflix losing its grip on our region? Unmade. It's Monday, July 24. I'm A Beauty and good morning, Tim Burrows. Good morning, Abe. How was your, not just your weekend, but you had a few days off as well. How was it? It was it was great. Yes, thanks for asking. Took the family caravanning down to the east coast of Tasmania. Have you ever been to Coles Bay and, and the Freysonay Peninsula where Wineglass Bay is? Yes, I have. It's amazing. Although I always get a bit depressed when I hear the story of why it's called Wineglass Bay because of the yeah. the bloody red colour of all the whales they slaughtered or something like that, which which is a bit of a downer. Yeah, it is. Many, many years ago, uh, that was certainly a downer, but for now, it, it, it looks stunning. That's such an Australian thing to say, Ave. <laughs> Ah, oh dear, don't judge me. Look, I'm going to pretend uh, that history didn't happen and I enjoyed the beautiful blue water, white sandy beaches. We went for a walk, we hiked up one of the granite mountains or kind of clambered up with the kids and uh, it's absolutely stunning down there. So uh, if you haven't been uh, to Coles Bay and the Freysonay Peninsula, you can stay in the National Park. There's a, a like a lodge inside the National Park and it's just absolutely glorious on a calm still day you yeah it's beautiful scenery tim how was your weekend yeah mine was excellent i i also got to walk in national park but uh mine was here at sisters beach in tasmania so uh i'm appreciating being uh be, be being being back on this uh, this beautiful island and getting to go and uh, do similar to you but maybe on a slightly smaller scale anyway where shall we start this week well let's start with consumer sentiment to really start monday with a downer there's a new report from Dentsu which makes some pretty sobering reading yeah, this is the Read the Room report, which dropped this morning. This is a, a local piece of um, consumer research that Dentsu does locally. They have a, a panel of um, just over 4,000 Australians. They they try to sort of, uh, I, I, I guess, get some uh, a read on the mood from, you know, it's not not the only panel of its type. You know, people like Roy Morgan Research do similar, although they often try and sort of uh, much more focus on the kind of the quantitative of you know numbers whereas read the room also tries to just get this sense of what people are thinking about and talking about but the the main headline and this is what really kind of rattles through for anyone working in the marketing industry is there's a it's not just pessimism it's a reality because um some of the numbers included 71 percent of australians who have children claim that their ability to purchase and eat healthy food on a regular basis has been impacted by rising food costs that's 71 percent uh more than 12 percent have recently cancelled some form of insurance policy um nearly a quarter of australians report that they're retail shopping less than once a month which um is way up on um july last year in the same sort of comparison period 
Um, and, and then for me, one of the most interesting lines in the uh, in the report or the kind of the commentary around the report is this point that where this perhaps joins the dots for marketers as a kind of tangible takeaway, something they can actually focus on is the people who are feeling the pinch of cost of living the least are it's the boomers as usual, that 55 plus category. Um, which uh, Dentsu is saying that's that's where there's a real opportunity for brands to find growth because of course that traditional thinking has been uh, 25 to 54 is where where advertisers like to go because you can change people's habits in that group whereas the thinking is as people get older they're a bit more set in their ways but if marketers want to find people who've still got some dollars in their pockets then according to this report from Dentsu then it's the 55-year-olds that, that brands need to focus on. So that, that that's interesting because that, that does suggest a, a, a new way of thinking. And there are some numbers, some new numbers on how the Australian media industry went in May, which aren't that great either this morning. Yeah, so this is in the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age. Um, they've got some early numbers from Standard Media Index. So what happens with Standard Media Index is it actually keeps track of how all of the media agencies are spending and buying advertising on behalf of their their big clients so that's you know that, that that's a good part of um of the overall picture because you know most most advertising does get bought by media agencies rather than independently by the clients um and Standard Media Index releases some of these numbers uh, publicly once a month. But also what happens is the media agencies get get the numbers a bit earlier and generally leak it to someone. So um, on this occasion, it's Callum Jasper at the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age who's got the early leak for the May numbers, of which um, they're not great, particularly if you're in television. So in May, this is according to the SMH, um, TV was down 15.3% for the month. That's a big which drop. Which obviously is pretty chunky. You know, and it sort of makes the point that some of that was in comparison to a very busy month in the same period the year before with lots of government spending and that sort of thing going on. As a, uh, I think, would, it, would we have been running into the election then? I think perhaps that was the uh, that was the period. So perhaps it was actually political advertising that did it so um yeah that was uh, may 21 last year so it would have to have really boosted tv yes yeah so that was probably some of it um and then the other thing is that the gambling category is beginning to fall now as well as as you know perhaps perhaps people are beginning to read the room on um you know what's likely to happen with with crackdowns on advertising but um but yeah it all sort of augurs for a pretty chilly time and i i you know uh, this piece quotes um, Mark Jarrett from the uh, from PhD, um, sort of making the point that yeah, this is kind of flat compared to a couple of years before. But the only thing about that is, hey, look, we've been talking about cost of living and inflation. That affects the media too. Media companies, you know, their costs have gone up in this time. They have to give people pay rises. All of these things. So something flat is still quite negative for the media owners because you know they their their costs always seem to go upwards up next the biggest horror decisions made in australian media Unmade. 
Media veteran Barry O'Brien is in the SMH Today team with his take on the worst decisions in Australian media. Which are the ones that stand out for you, Tim? Well, look, this is fun, not least. I, 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 I'm a massive fan of Barry O'Brien. Well, I've known him for many years. From He, he was the boss of Total Media that then got um, sold on to, to Omnicom and became the basis of PhD. And he kind of, you know, the first of several retirements was when he, he, he left PhD, only to then come back as a sort of a brief rescue mission leading sales at Channel 10 for a while when um, when they were in trouble and now runs Atom- Atomic 212. Um, and uh, what, what I most like about this is, is that Barry's come off the fence because he's normally a very diplomatic person. I remember some, somewhere on YouTube, you'll find a video of me interviewing him a, a few years back when he was PhD. And I the question was something like, how are seven, nine and 10 doing? And he somehow managed in the answer to tell me that all three were, were doing best, um, which is what a kind of media agency person does. But as I say, Barry's, uh, Barry's off the fence a little bit today. Um, so, Hey, this is a good idea that, um, the, uh, Sydney Morning Herald and the age, they've, they've asked him to, um, is it, Yes, it's Callum Jasmine again. Two for two at the moment in our review of uh, uh, um, uh, today's me, um, media and marketing press. So Barry um, yeah, has been asked to flag some of the worst decisions. Now, in fairness, I would say some of these are not actually bad decisions necessarily so much as good moves or smart moves by people on the other side of the equation. So, for instance... You know, the first one flagged is the move of Carl Sanderlands and uh, Jackie Henderson away from Southern Cross Osterio to what's now ARN Media and Kiss FM, which arguably I'd, I'd say was, yes, um, uh, SCA let them slip through their hands. But as much as anything, that was really smart manoeuvrings by um, Kieran Davis and the the the, the team at ARN at the time to get them to come across and it was a it was a bigger risk and a bigger bolder move on their part I think but it completely remade the 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 radio landscape so so that was one Barry chooses also um again a big move Alan Jones and Ray Hadley leaving 2UE and going over to 2GB which um at the time was owned by uh, Macquarie Radio Network later became Macquarie Media and is now part of Nine Radio but that that again remade that talk radio landscape in Sydney um, because the audience all followed them across um, so again was that was that a big bold move by John Singleton at the time to bring them across or was it a poor decision by 2UE to let them go um, other ones uh, 9 and 10 networks joining forces in 2001 to do a deal on AFL with Seven losing the rights after many years, which did create a struggle for Seven. So again, that question is, was it a bad move by Seven? But rather similarly, 2011, um, Network 10 somehow letting AFL slip through its fingers, which was something I wrote about um a, a a little bit in in media unmade because at the time it just seemed like such a silly arrow Lachlan Murdoch was in charge by that point and um I think he hoped that he would win NRL the following year 
Um, and then nine managed to squeeze him out from doing that. So 10 was left without either one. Um, and similarly, Network 10 narrowly missed out on the voice, which nine got. And that ended up being really the starting point of nine recovering. Um, uh, then it, it, it the, 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 there's a whole bunch of other ones. So it's a good, it's a good piece. I won't go through all of them. Um, I, but, um, but yeah, um, it's, uh, I must admit, it's one of those things I, I did sit down trying to think of, um, a similar 10 good decisions mm. and I didn't find that many. Are there any horrors that you would add that Barry hasn't added already aside from uh, network 10's woes? Look, one of the things I, I find myself realising over time is there aren't really, at the top of the media, there are no stupid people. Um, you, you've got to play the hands you dealt. And when you look at most decisions people make, the more you understand behind the scenes, the more you understand how they came to that point, how they were constrained by circumstances. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to slightly avoid the question on that one because I, I, I don't think the story of the last ten or fifteen years actually has been the story of bad decisions per se. Certainly not at the strategic level. You might get the the the, the wrong tactical move from time to time, but look, I I would say that overall there have been far more smart moves than stupid. And particularly when you kind of take out of the equation the that brief period when um, James Packer and Lachlan Murdoch were the were the owners of Tan. That's some uh, solid gold. Barry O'Brien fence sitting right there, Tim. Uh, an opinion that puts everyone everyone's a winner. Everyone's a winner in the race today. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, Asia Pacific viewers turn down the heat on Netflix. This morning's AFR dug into the latest set of Netflix numbers and focused on our region, Tim. Yeah, these numbers came through on, oh, I think it must have been Thursday morning our time. I I, I think it would have been last week. Um, uh, now, the, the t- today's AFR focuses on the kind of the regional numbers for Asia Pacific, which is as far as Netflix goes in breaking things down. So um, the, the main point they make is that although the number of subscribers went up slightly in Asia Pacific, revenues went down, which does suggest like perhaps as in the rest of the world, um, people were moving to l- less expensive pricing tiers. Um, and of course, yeah, it may- maybe does suggest that uh, that Netflix's grip on um, Asia Pacific is is maybe not quite as strong as in some other parts of the world. You wrote about this on, on Friday, the numbers, and I think you were talking, did you mention the fact that they've actually, you know, it was another article I've read, they've increased subscribers since cracking down on password sharing? Yeah, that's right. So yeah, so so pretty much this time a year ago was the point at which it became obvious that Netflix seemed to be hitting some sort of plateau in terms of growth of subscribers. And they announced two things. They announced that um they will be cracking down on password sharing. So the idea being, hey, you you're welcome to share a password within the same household, but not, you know, your your granny's cousins aunts uncle 
um, you know, on the other side of the world, um, which had sort of been the kind of the nod and the wink before. And the other thing was to launch an advertising tier. So sort of A, open up to um, new revenue through advertising, but B, give Netflix an excuse to have a kind of uh, a lower priced tier as well. And both of those two things did put Netflix back into uh, back into um, solid growth again. Um, you know, certainly in terms of number of subscribers, the the actual revenues uh, haven't grown quite so much because, as I say, some of these subscribers have come in at a slightly um, slightly lower subscription price, and also um, the advertising revenue hasn't really gone into power overdrive yet you know it's kind of um I, I think the the words used in the report last week were not material when it comes to advertising revenues you know and i and i sort of understand that why because you know netflix is new to the advertising game although it's partnering with microsoft on that there are rumors that partnership might end at some point and also if you're an advertiser do you do you really want to go to that netflix audience when the very people who are choosing to get the advertising are the ones who are too tight to get the full price sub. So they're probably at the lower end. There may be the people who can't afford the full one. So, hey, we've been talking about cost of living. These may not be the people that you necessarily want to advertise to, particularly if you're a, a kind of, um, you know, advertiser kind of at the premium end so 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 yeah so i i i think it's overall it was a sign that netflix are still dominating the market and perhaps even stretching their lead but um but you know with with still with a couple of questions over the advertising tier so how how much is netflix actually worth well these days just a little bit over 200 billion dollars and that's us so you know in in australian dollars that would be closer to 300 billion now that to me doesn't make sense so they've reported 238 million subscribers which obviously is an enormous number 238 million around the world 238 million households dipping into their pockets each month to pay to subscribe so that's obviously huge um now when you divide that 212 billion by the 238 million subscribers that suggests that each subscriber is worth 891 dollars or change it to aussie dollars that's 1300 aussie dollars so you've got to keep those subscribers for like at least five years paying top tier revenue each and that's assuming no costs whatsoever to be worth that so that that number just doesn't make sense um yeah and um, how does that compare to unmade subscriber count him surely you'd be on par well i did the calculation actually i'm glad that you asked i put that in uh, in friday's <laughs> newsletter so um comparing unmade's number of subscribers to Netflix um the our percentage is and there are a few noughts here naught point naught 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 one one seven oh four percent so what's that we're not even a thousandth we're we're a ten thousandth so um so some way to go
That's it for today. We'd love to hear what you think at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media. And said you'll be back tomorrow with Choose Data, and it's a good one, tackling the state of play in the Australian podcasting landscape. Don't forget, if you'd like to support Unmade, you can become a paying member and uh, increase that growth to be within a ten thousandth of Netflix's subscriber count. Go to unmade.media to find out how. Today's podcast was produced with the usual enthusiastic support of Abe's Audio. See you next time. Toodle pep. Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.